all your school rugby all in one place. This is Next Gen 50. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Next Gen, Next Gen 15 podcast. And uh, Dan Richards is back in the hot seat with me. How are you doing, Dan? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, sorry I've been AWOL past couple of weeks getting uh, getting my back sorted out and then then a bit of time away in the States for Thanksgiving. Um, but And in that time, a huge amount has happened in the in the schools game. I know you guys have been talking about it, but you know, we're really, really glad to be back and excited to talk through what's been another massive week and, a, and a, some huge games coming up. Yeah, well, yeah, you've been around around the globe and, and all sorts and uh, missing out on the World Cup as well. It's, it's been, where was this first World Cup? Can't, can't believe you've, you've missed uh, that. I actually, I got to watch the US game in Rockefeller Plaza, so that was quite cool. And then, oh, I bet that was cool. And then, yeah, and that's, we won't talk about it last night, no, but it's, um, yeah. It's... Uh, it could be worse. Scotland didn't even get there, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Happy St Andrew's Day, by the way. Ah, very kind. Thank you. There'll be some. <laughs> there'll be some haggis on the table later tonight. No. I've got people coming over who are vegetarians, though, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> no. Might have to whack a vegetarian sausage in somewhere. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, you can find us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and get in touch on at NextGen15. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Dan and I are a little bit later going to be talking through some of the things that um, make a school coach a good school coach. Um, and the reason we're talking about that is because very soon we're going to be picking the coach for our greatest team of the decade. Um, and we want to hear who you think that might be or who you think it could be. Um, so please get in touch with us on that. But uh, we're looking forward to that little chat. But first, a bit of news uh, and a, an apology from me, actually. I've been telling everyone to give Bromsgrove a shout to uh, give them a fixture for the weekend. It's not Bromsgrove at all. Denston College could do with a fixture this weekend. So uh, give them a shout. If you, It's just at first 15 level. Everyone else has got one. But if, uh, if anyone's got a fixture available to take on Denston College first 15, give them a shout. They're very happy to travel. If needs be, they're also very happy to host if you uh, if you need to go there. So if you're struggling, give them a shout. Uh, doing, doing our bit to... Um, to yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other little bit of news this week is that the Lambs nominations are open. Um, so anyone that doesn't know how that works, heads of rugby from across the, across the country um, basically send in their nominations for players that they think would be a good Lambs player um and they all they all go go for a couple of uh i don't think they're trials anymore i think they're development days these days um and they all they all have a play and then um a squad is put together and they play various fixtures through january and february and then over the easter holidays they go on tour and i think this year they're actually going to get to go on tour because you know we're allowed to travel yeah. again which is quite yeah. exciting yeah no it's nice and it's i think i would say to to kind of any coaches, players listening, I've been you know, lucky enough oh, a while ago now, best part of a decade I like to be involved with with the Lambs and, and with Alex and Chefs doing that and it's it's just great fun rugby, you know, we've probably some of the better like, the way they approach the game, you get to play some incredible games at some great venues, you might get to go overseas. Um but it's a good avenue for kind of, you know, if you're maybe frustrated that you're not getting a look in a, at an academy setup or something like that. Have a go at this. It's another shop window that you can go off to, to yeah. uni and just just play some more rugby in a different environment. Get some different coaching. 
Um, it's, it's it's a really good fun thing to be involved in. So I'd encourage like heads of rugby, but also if you're a player and you think you know, yeah, give yeah, give, chase them yeah, up, give your head of rugby a nudge and just sort of say, look, I I fancy having a crack at this because you know it's, it's it's really it's really worth it. It's a really worthwhile thing in in the schoolboy game. Yeah, big time. I mean, their their catchphrase is fast and free in terms of the style of play that they go for, and it is you know the the players that they look for are guys that are happy to have a go back their back their skill set. Um, just kind of have. I mean, if you think of the barbarians, and then you put a, put a schoolboy pink shirt on them, that's basically where we're where we're at. It's very uh, it's very cool stuff, and and not too dissimilar off the field either. They have a good time, um, yeah. which is all, always good. <laughs> Uh, we've we've seen some cracking fixtures with them actually. We um, always high scoring, just mad games of rugby. But it is amazing actually. I think you say about it being a possible pathway. The the advent of Buck Super Rugby. One of the things that I found amazing is you know on a weekly basis I'll see messages from from the Lambs going, oh great to see you know whoever playing at Tighthead for Exeter University, former Lamb and all that stuff. It, it's incredible the number of players. Oh yeah, the, the kind of, yeah. Like the alum is really good, and particularly through that Bucks Super Kings, because I think yeah, you can't be involved in the academy to be involved. So quite often there aren't guys that go straight into contracts. But yeah. rugby is a late maturity sport, and you know we know that. Yeah, we don't seem to follow it with talent ID, <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, there are loads of boys who've come through. Um, so yeah, just again, go for it. And again, particularly guys from schools. Who maybe don't get as much coverage, don't get as much yeah. spotlight. So, and that's that's a really nice thing as well, you know. So, it's again, if you can be, you know, struggling in a side, maybe a good, so there's all sorts of. It's just a great outlet, a great other opportunity to to get some different rugby, a different rugby experience under your belt. Yeah, exactly, and a cool shirt as well. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, what else have we had? Oh, well, the latest next gen fifteen schools rugby table uh, update is out, and it's all changed at the top. Yeah, um, and it all change at the top in, a, in an unusual way. In that Clifton College have gone from first to third, but have actually increased their points total. But Trinity have increased theirs, so stay in second. And Harrow have increased theirs even further and go to the top of the table. It is tight; three points separating the top three. Um, which it, basically the the system it works on that equates to a point three percent chance difference between. Harrow winning versus Clifton, um, which, to be honest, sounds about right. Like those three yeah. have, I think, this season set the standard um, yeah. at various times. Um, Harrow Trinity, though, in a couple of weeks' time. I was going to say the fact they're week playing on Thursday—that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, like, I'm, not, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about the Cup quarterfinals, which are look, there's some great games, but I think that one, from our point of view, has to take top billing. Um, oh yeah. And, and probably winners will come through it as favourites, and we'll say that that puts a target on their back. But that target is there already. You know, we're not adding anything there. So, oh yeah, yeah, massive, massive game. It'll be a really exciting one to watch. No, big time. And I think what I've been taking away from this, I mean, it's got its rights and wrongs, just like every other table. But the thing I've been really taking away from it is, it is so close at every sort of section. So you, mm-hmm. I think this year there probably are three teams that are just above the rest. In terms of their performance, you then have that Seba, Millfield, Kirkham group, which again is pretty inseparable. You then have this sort of stretch from seven to about 20 something where you go, anything can happen. 
these are all yeah. just very good teams and it is amazing just to see how bunched it all is in those um in those various bits and pieces but i suppose we should talk about those those schools cup quarterfinals because when when will was on as a guest last week we sort of yeah. we looked ahead to the um the possible sort of quarterfinal matchups the the draw was literally being made as we recorded which was helpful timing as ever um <laughs> but the 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 draw has been made and it's uh so they keep splitting it um sort of north versus south now so north midlands are pulled together yeah. and um south london southeast and the southwest pulled together but those four quarterfinals kings macclesfield against finborough rgs newcastle v oakham marlborough college against blundells and harrow v trinity the the live stream a week on thursday Therefore, very good games. But the the standout for me, in terms of across all the games, is actually that there are some teams there that are massively, massively underrated this year. Yeah, Kings Macclesfield have only lost to Sedba. Uh, yeah. Oakham unbeaten. RGS Newcastle have only lost to Sedba. Harrow and Trinity both unbeaten. Yeah, Fimbra just you know, absolutely flying. The the records that some of these teams have is actually extraordinary this year. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And probably some schools who will feel that like we should have talked about them uh, mm. a bit more, you know, rightly so. Yeah, I think for me, but you know, after that, that kind of southwest kind of match, you know, Marlborough versus Blundells, you know, again, two sides who, you know, are known for producing good sides, kind of, you know, always steady, but then every kind of four to five years, we'll have a really strong side. And, and that, that Blundells group looks good, as does that Marlborough. And, you know, Marlborough had a great win. Uh, at the weekend so that will be a really interesting game um, mm. and I think probably after that that, that kind of Kingsmack versus Finsborough game is yeah. we keep kind of you know Finsborough you know how keep sort of well, how much we know how good are they and again like Kingsmack look as strong as they've been yeah. probably for over a decade you know so if not if not longer than that and uh, you know and great to see you know estates calling Finsborough you know mm. getting to that Getting that last day, uh, you know, with that with that side kind of probably led by by Junior Kapoku, and it's that yeah, there's there's great games, but for me that you know, of and then RGS Newcastle, um, Oakham is again a, gr- a great challenge. Oakham looking, yeah. you know, I always think they're... of them as being two sort of classic cup teams for some reason. They, yeah. They're always knocking in around those later stages. Yeah, good histories in it, and you know, as I think as I think Oakham, you know pushing the way through you know haven't haven't lost the game and it's that win becomes a habit it's always i always think you know it's a, it's a tough one this year because these games come for a lot of these schools you know that will be potentially their 13th game in what's a pretty short period of competition time yeah. so you also can get get some topsy-turvy results because look i would be amazed if any of those schools have, can get that can put their best 15 out at this yeah. point of the year so it becomes a bit of a test of depth whereas by actually because there's quite a big amount of recovery by the semi-final you might get some boys back again this is a, a little bit about depth it's about who can find the most emotional energy you know at the end of you know when it's a bit dark miserable you've probably got kids doing exams as well yeah. that some, some yeah exactly the there's, there's a lot going it's, on it's a really really tough period in, in lots of ways, uh, you know, and, and it could well be. I guess you you can get some from It could well be last run out for some of the upper six if you. Yeah. Because you know, again, a lot. Just again, look at the list again. A majority of those schools would be traditional one term rugby yeah. school. So 
there's a kind of lot of going on in the background that each of them that they'll talk about which will just adds to the occasion makes the makes the um the captain's chat in the huddle quite quite an easy one doesn't it do you want to wear this shirt again that's (laughs) how many times will that look will that line be said during those quarterfinals a lot i'll tell you what they say i mean obviously like all all four games are, are going to be pretty pretty exciting that harry trinity game stands out but it stands out for a number of reasons because i remember in march 2020 before before the world turned on its head one of the very last games was harry against trinity in the under 15 quarter final and harry win it at the death slightly controversially Although, uh, although, although James James Melville will be on to me for saying that it's it's it was slightly controversial, um, but it was a there was a it was a, a late 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 try um, that uh, that won it for Harrow, and it was just the most spectacular game. But that group of under fifteens is this group of upper sixth, um, and they do it again. I mean, the if if there was an easy team talk. For all of them, in terms of do you want to wear the shirt again? There's an even easier team talk for these two. It's yeah. uh, it's very cool that one. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking, did you all remember this better than me? But Trinity raced out to a lead in yeah. that game. Yeah, and then Harrow, a, Harrow plugged their way back, clawed it back. So I can't, can't remember. I think we were still going in on our side as well. So it's yeah, it's yeah, so much. I know that like, you'll be there streaming it. There, yeah, there's a lot of. There's a lot of layers to that game. Oh, yeah. So, which will, uh, it'll which be again, very cool, which adds a challenge actually for coaching staff, which we're going to talk about, yeah, which adds a challenge, you know, because actually controlling that emotion, you know, people say, you know, <laughs> old fashioned, you know, who wants it more? Who's going to work like those boys are going to work hard. It's actually yeah. who can control that, who can temper that and remain kind of disciplined and precise in their decision making is for me what will make the difference probably because. Two sides who look pretty evenly matched uh, yeah. on 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 paper. Games aren't played there, but it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, Fan- yeah fantastic I mean, it, game. It just it, every angle that you look at it from, it's just a it's an awesome game. Um, that's probably the only angle that it's a shame on is that it's come at the quarterfinal stage and it can't come later on in the competition. Yeah. Um, but if you know if that if that's the only fault you can find with it, then uh, it tells you an awful lot about the quality of the game. Uh, it is worth having a quick look at the plate because the quality of, of matchups in the plate is extraordinary. Barnard Castle against Solihull, Bloxham against Haleybury, Monmouth against Wimbledon College, and RGS High Wycombe against Epsom College. In another year, if someone went, those are the cup quarterfinals, you go, okay, makes sense. Yeah. They're just that's... top class games. Yeah, that's, and it's, you know, I think Haleybury will come on to talk about, you know, seem to be hitting a nice bit of form uh, mm-hmm. around the right time. We talked about Monmouth right at the start of the year. You know, as to go back, you know, RGS Hurricane always tough in a cup. Yeah. You know, one of those. So, yeah, no, this, that's some incredible size in it. And yeah. it's, that's why it's great that competition exists. I think that this, look, we want to encourage you to come in this, but if you do get on the wrong end of a result early doors, there's a, another great competition to get involved in. And that's and that's fantastic and exciting for, for those boys who, again, will be, pretty motivated going into those games yeah and actually there's some decent decent sort of travel on the fixture front you know yeah how often will will Wimbledon College head off to Wales to take on Monmouth how often are Solihull going up to Barnard Castle yeah they're quite 
they're quite cool fixtures from that point of view of just playing someone completely outside of what you normally would. Yeah, which makes Cup rugby special, doesn't it? And you're actually probably in some ways some more intriguing sort of geographical matchups. Than, yeah. Um, and and because you know travel brings with it different challenges as well. So yeah, that's just and you know for for all sixteen teams involved across those cup and plate quarterfinals, you know we say just embrace it, best of luck, enjoy it, you know, and look forward to to seeing how those games go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we're we're gonna gloss over the Vars and Bowl, not because um we don't want to talk about the Vars and Bowl, but because they're playing their sort of regional finals this week. So the, although the draw has been made, the quarterfinal lineups are yep. uh, are a week behind. So we'll we'll we will give them a shout out next time up. Um, but I guess we kind of touched on it with with what Haleybury have been up to and things. Um, so we may as well look back to the weekend that's just gone and uh, and a new development for you Dan while you were away so Limitless um, came got in touch with us here at Next Gen 15 and said um, you guys need kit and uh, and we were only ha- too happy to agree with them on that um, and as uh, as part of the the kit supply there'll be some uh, there's be some kit on its way to a certain Mr D Richards um, we everyone, all love stash everyone needs stash and uh, as part of that, the uh, the top five school teams of the week, the top five school teams of the weekend is brought to you by Limitless. Nice. Um, so that's that's a, a cool development and uh, and a warm really development cool. for those of us that are standing on touchlines. I'm uh, I'm very excited to be um, wrapped up nice and warm because uh, yeah, it makes it makes a bit of a difference. Particularly, oh. we had we had a, we had a long we had a long summer this year, but it's it's starting to get a little bit peaky out there. Yeah, it's turned. Yeah, it's yeah. You need you need the right coat. You need the right layers on. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's important. Be uh, well dressed on the side. Can't concentrate otherwise. Well, exactly. I mean, you can't commentate properly if you're cold, can you? So it's yeah. No, trust me. Well, I always tell always tell the story of uh, doing Millfield against Clifton last year, and I had the um, got to the end of the game. It was it was so cold, and um, I could barely speak. And I had the last thing I had to deliver in commentary was. Um, the scoreline and I was I had the producer in my ear talking me through it team by team number by number it was literally Clifton and then I would say Clifton you know college <laughs> I, I could not get my words out it was so cold um but we got we got through it and got to the <laughs> end brain fade like I had, that. I had uh, Tom Whiteley and Harry Ashell from um from Bristol Bears alongside me in, in co-coms for that yeah. and I reckon by about 60 minutes they just They've gone. We we can't speak. <laughs> We're of no use to you anymore. It was absolutely freezing. Um, but to to matters of the weekend just gone, I suppose. Um, and I suppose well, why don't we stick with Clifton College and that that game against against Blackrock College? Um, extraordinary, absolutely yeah. extraordinary. Um, yeah, we were we were there live streaming it, and it was. I expected it to be sort of a less than one try between the two teams sort of a game um, particularly when you consider what Sedbra had done over at Blackrock and then you kind of yeah. can think well Clifton are kind of a, at that Sedbra level and, and possibly even a, a touch better this year so it's probably going to be round about the same you know a score here or there and it looked that way until well through the first half it was 6-5 at half time 
really worked try well really well worked try from from Blackrock to to score just before the break and then they scored again straight after and it was almost as soon as they got their noses in front the game changed on its head um it had been a game that was all about defense Blackrock were quite happy to to kind of stick with that from their point of view of going well we still back the defense um Clifton just couldn't get through it and yeah, as the game went on, BlackRock found their way across the try the try line a few more times and ended up with a thirty two six victory that kind of I was gonna say looks more dominant than it was. It it sort of does and doesn't look more dominant than it was. Yeah. It was it was a really even game for a really long time. And then BlackRock, perhaps in that way that you see some professional sides do, they just kept the faith, kept the patience, kept knowing that at some point what they do would start reaping rewards on the scoreboard and boy it did <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a funny game wasn't it and then you know i come on to the Sedba piece in a minute and maybe Sedba should be in that sort of top three convo in line mm. of, of this result but it's i think you're right you kind of you watch you're watching 25 minutes and you're just kind of blown away by the actually you know clifton a lot of ball you know what stood out to me was the quality of black rocks defence, you know, individually and collectively, the fact they were all on the same page, you know, who clearly such a well-coached side of the game there that they, you know, and yeah, the players working hard and buying into the system that they're running and and kind of having an answer for, for what Clifton threw at them, which Clifton hadn't actually, again, again Kirkham did it, I guess. Um, so kind of maybe they took a few lessons from that, but that was really impressive and you kind of think okay this is probably going to be like a 12-9 type felt game that it's way, be, it? yeah it's going to be a bit of a war and then as you said this kind of a, a little bit of a touch of class you know something really creative I don't you know, I don't know the name of the Black Rock 10 you know which is sorry apologies O'Sh- O'Shaughnessy that. I remember I haven't got the notes in front of me oh, but I remember his name O'Shaughnessy seriously kind of a bit of magic maybe that knocked the wind at Clifton yeah you kind of go and you're a bit deflated you've been probably ready to go and then again that kind of bang bang either side of half time and then I think you're right it was pretty dominant from there you know surprising and 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 momentum can shift on on things like that and momentum's massive in in sport and and Blackrock looked pretty comfortable in that second half you know away at the close and uh, you know and that brings in you know Clifton will be disappointed. You know, they would have wanted to, based on what Sedbury had done, they would have wanted to put a marker down, you know, they and yeah, you know, they want undoubtedly they want to be, you know, they're in want to be in that mix for the you know top team of the in you know, in the country this year and, and that you know, then they're not involved in a cup, they didn't go to St. Joe's, you know, and they probably needed to win that game to sort of to be in that conversation. Um they're still in it, but it's you know, they they you know, that will kind of it's a difficult one sort of go with them now based on that and then I think it probably also makes Sedba you know actually I'd love to see Sedba play against you know the fact we've got Harrow and Trinity playing each yeah, other is cool, so man. cool like the fact that we that Sedba you know they should actually Sedba will play Clifton next year because Clifton yeah. will come into the school championship which is fantastic um yeah but the, the more we can see these top top sides against each other the more intriguing it is and that would be oh yeah Fact, because you know the fact that again the fact that Sepper went over to Ireland and won, and then Blackrock have come over to Clifton and won is is is, is, is incredible. But yeah, you know, hats off to Blackrock. 
Yeah. Um, well, it was interesting speaking to their coaching staff afterwards. They were very honest in saying that is the best they've played this year by a long yeah. way. They just went, yeah, we, the sort of line was we knew we had that in us, but it's been we've not pieced it together yet this year, and we finally pieced it together. Um, and they were strong in the they were struck their particular strength to me was at eight and nine and if you've got a good if you've if you've got eight and nine being your best two players on the field so often that just means particularly in a game where defense was quite dominant you're you're in dreamland because you've got someone there that's getting you on the front foot and then you've got a nine whose great strength was his sort of tactical kicking game basically so they were they were going forward and they were just territorially exactly where they wanted to be and then playing with a defense that was going get through us if you can so they were just yeah. consistently putting clifton into their own 22 and then just going play out we back ourselves and yeah that's so i mean that's a very pro outlook on how to play the game but it's also so hard to play against because you know, as we all know territory is kind of everything in rugby if you've got a defense that you back yeah and it was yeah, oh, 100%, mate. And it was, I think you're right, it's a really, that they'd play it in a very sort of adult, professional manner and executed, you know, a clear game plan. You know, of the fact they kept Tom Bowen, who arguably one of the most exciting players oh, yeah. anywhere this year, you know, he, you know, he, he just couldn't find a way to properly get into the game, um, which, you know, says, doesn't say anything about Tom. It says a huge amount about Black Rock's defence. Yeah. You know, he's, so he's a, a huge he's amount a about their defence and a huge amount about the quality of their kicking game that they yeah. were prepared to rely on the, on the boot, to, yeah. but also good enough to keep it away from him. That, um, that chase of that kick. Yeah. Was, was amazing. It's interesting. Again, the, the kind of the set piece gnaws in me, that part of the game was fascinating. You know, Clifton scrum predominant the first half. You could argue in an adult game, they might've got carved there. Does that change things? But then it, I was really interested in the second half that now, whether anything got changed, like in terms of what they were doing, but that Black Rock scrum kind of came back collectively. Like, did Clifton run out of a bit of gas, or did did something change? And when both both lineouts were kind of you know both sides getting decent you know kind of platforms there. So, and you know, to be honest, because when you think when you see us, because Clifton did a few scrums kind of really go forward, like motor forward, and I was like, well, that seems to give you an indication they're going to have some sort of physical edge up front here, yeah. but actually that did not materialise. Like Black Rock were fronting up incredibly and then whatever it was, they turned that round and they actually were, you know, putting that Clifton's ground under huge pressure um, in in that second half. And and maybe that's, again, a bit of a, a momentum thing. Tails up, you know, trusting yourselves. But yeah, it was a kind of, if you want to see an example of an executed game plan, it was a really good example of that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely nailed it. Um, I guess though we should. Well, actually, I tell you what. Before we get into the uh, the sort of full top five, because I guess well, maybe they could be. I was going to say, I guess the Irish sides probably aren't really eligible for the for the top five, but yeah, we, could, we could we could have a debate about that. Um, yeah. But another one that actually might just it just worth touching on is that there was another another side from across the Irish Sea that came over. Northern Ireland's Ballymena Academy came across on Friday to play Kirkham Grammar School. Kirkham Grammar again, just showing their their quality. Um, Forty nine twelve victory. Just Kirkham Grammar keep on impressing. The, only, the 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 only fault I can find with Kirkham Grammar is that they they've they've not played enough 
top top yeah. teams around them. So the so making a making a judgment on where they sit is so hard. Um, the only thing you can do is look to that Clifton game from early in the season and go pretty pretty high. Um, yeah, very very impressive. I think it's a. I don't think this. I mean, this with you know, there's no who can play a particular brand of rugby, and and when that comes off, that can mean they really really you know can can put teams to the sword. Yeah. And then if you're able to match that physicality with your own physicality, I think we've seen that Kirkham sides can can struggle a bit. You know, it's a bit. You know, their coach Ali Welsh is kind of a little bit kind of Warren Ball esque, isn't it? You know, to go to, to the you know, in terms of a a Kirkham approach. Yeah, and look, that that's a hard way to play. It's hard on your body, and you know we see that at St Joe's that actually it's it's really hard to translate that style yeah. of rugby into a into a short tournament format. Um, it's it's an in, yeah they're, they're right in that mix like Ballymena Academy probably less well known to our audience than than Black Rock because the Leinster schools system gets a bit more coverage than the than the Northern Irish one but but they're a top top school you know if they yeah. were if they were you know <coughs> playing kind of in the English school system week in week out we'd be talking about Ballymena Academy a lot um, yeah. and so you know that's a that's an impressive result. I claimed this last week. I'm going to look it up now because last week I claimed it was where Willie John McBride went to school um, and I'm convinced it was, but let me just have a look. Trust now. yourself. I'm going to back myself, am I? <laughs> I believe we- in you, mate. I believe there we in go. You. He was educated at Ballymena Academy. Brilliant. There, there we go. I don't know how I knew that, but... I'm, the I'm sort a, of thing I'm, that gets I'm, scored. I'm a, I'm a rugby noise, I suppose. In that's, the rugby, the, that's the issue in the rugby, with that. In the rugby genius of, of Angus Savage that's 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 impressive knowledge mate that is impressive and again it probably again that's a great thing to know and a great you know probably oh, English fans would probably say mine Johnson and then we're talking a bit over probably most of our audiences idiot but probably the, the best captain to have ever played oh, the okay. game there and so absolutely um, I, I remember watching his speech to the 2001 lines um what was this line? Today you're going to have to dig into the very depths of your soul. That's a that's a hell of a line. Um, probably doesn't apply that much in modern rugby because they're probably being told, "Don't think about it like that. Just here's the game plan. Be very be very chilled and relaxed about it. Don't worry." But uh, hell of a line either way. Yeah, um, a pretty emotional leader. I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, right, let, let's let's start whittling down though some teams to get into this uh, this top five this week. Yeah, and a sure thing has got to be Halebury. Yeah, going down to Whitgift, late winner for a twenty nineteen victory at Whitgift. I don't. I, I've not looked into it, but I don't think Halebury many times will have gone down to Whitgift in the last. 15 20 years and got a victory um but did it on saturday and hats off to them no again relatively new fixture you know i think in terms of you know and you know michael owen another former british lion uh grand slam winning captain has been at haleybury a while now kind of that's a that's a great program it's got some really high profile kind of alumni there but yeah. and they put together some some good teams and, and that's great look this with not meaning any disrespect, it's it's not a classic Whitgift team, but but it's a Whitgift team, and 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 any Whitgift team is going to be hard to beat, uh, particularly at home. And there's some really high quality players in there. They're a very proud school, um, 
they're probably a bit wounded at the moment, you know, to, yeah. to go through the end of term. But you know, they will. I know Wilco will be will be whipping them up to kind of try and you know get some sort of you know to get some energy out of them go, going into because again they've got plenty of fifteen inside rugby next term. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so great result for Haleybury there, and and I think that probably inks in the first one in, in our kind of limitless top five. For, oh yeah, for this week, yeah. I I just as soon as as soon as I saw that one come through, I was I was going well, that's a that's a banker for top five. It was. Um, an, an awesome, an awesome one for Haleybury. Um, he'll be tra- training with a skip and a step this week, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I suppose. Well, let's stay in Croydon. Why stay not? In Croydon, yeah. Um, John Fisher, last player of the game to beat to beat St Benedict. Not been a, not been a classic season for John Fisher, but I tell you what, moments like that are the bits that you'll pick out in 10, 15, 20 years time when you're sort of looking back and go. I remember that time, last minute of the game or last play of the game, we came back and won it. Yeah, they're they're the ones that stick with you, and they're pretty special moments, aren't they? Yeah, those those boys will remember that for a long time. A game with a huge amount of history, actually. You know, a uh, a, a Catholic derby. Um, <laughs> you know, so which adds you know, you know a bit of kind of bragging rights on the line then schools who've played each other a lot and kind yeah. of you know two schools who if you look around you know that, that I guess if you go back to around like 20 late sort of first 15 years the 21st century you know, pretty two pretty dominant size particularly yeah they've, they've had their years where they've to, been arguably top team in the country kind yeah of, to 2012 kind of and and both want to get back there. And you know, look, look, Benny's are pushing really hard. And I, I know they lost a couple of boys, but they also brought a couple of really good good players in. And you know, I think there's talent at, at, at John Fisher, and they've yeah, had a definitely. you know what they will have been a bit frustrated by the loss to Campion, but they've had a better um, second half of the season. What's really interesting now is you know they take on Hampton this week. Um, yeah. Hampton who. Uh, we'll probably talk about their game next because I think they're off. probably. Uh, you're, you're, you're an absolute pro at this time. Segwaying, but, segwaying like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, so, so I think you know. So yeah, look, I think so. John Fisher, I think we would probably get our second prize in that limitless yeah. top five, and then that that does kind of move us into you know Cranley. I guess you know, we yeah. haven't, and, and in fact we've we've talked about saying you know, not quite having. The year that we that we've not not that we expected, but a year that that would have gone down as a, as a classic Cranley year. Hampton, yeah. we've said, a you know, dark horse, you know, top ten side, you know, and and they've they've just, you know, and and I think probably most people would have fully expected Hampton to yeah. to, to win that game based on record of yeah. of what of what teams have done. Um, and it's well, let just, me put it this way: I I pick out ten fixtures each week. Um, for people to that I sort of think will be yeah, the ten great watch. games, and um, I didn't. I don't think I included Hampton Cranley, which in a normal year I would always include because I thought just the way things are this year, it's kind of it's quite likely that we know sort of what's going to happen there. Um, turns out completely wrong. Yeah, and it's an, an interesting one, isn't it? That you know, going into St Joe's that first half of the term and beating they actually now have a tough start to the second half of the term and you know with the with the loss to Trinity 
in yeah. in the cup. You know, followed by that loss, probably them expected loss to Granley, who you know Granley amazing result for them. You know, a really proud rugby school who for the last ten years, you know, I mean they've you know they, they've taken home a lot of silverware and they've always been yeah. that kind of. This is probably the first that they've not been in a top ten conversation for over yeah. a decade. So, so you know, really nice for them to rightly earn a place in that limitless top five. But that game, you know, those two teams, you know, Fisher and Hampton going up against each other this weekend is a is a really fascinating it's one. It's gonna be spicy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Very kind spicy. of Fisher build them a bit of momentum with you know, I think I've said before, you know, a group that I feel's got a lot of potential. Have can they get that kind of snowball, you know, moving down the hill and all of a sudden Hampton, you know, probably half turn came at the wrong time. They had it flying. They've now had two tough results. Can they get it going against what will not be you know, what will be a fish team who will not roll over? It's at Hampton. Yeah, that'd be a, a you know a great game to watch. That so yeah, that'd be that'd be an awesome game. And yeah, you know the yeah there'll be there'll be a lot of riding on that. But shout out to Cranley because that's that's an awesome effort. That's their performance of the season. Yeah, and um, they you know bit of momentum just to go into the last couple of weeks and, and finish with a real flourish they'll be feeling yeah who who do they have to I'm actually not sure who have they got uh, away at Marlborough oh and that obviously Marlborough flying yeah but, and also maybe with an eye on the cup so yeah so you know, be... what, do, what do Marlborough do do they do you try and go into it to build momentum do you try and keep some bodies fresh Interesting one. That's a really yeah, interesting game. Yeah, that is going to be very interesting. Very interesting. A um, yeah. couple of other games from the weekend. I think these are really top five uh, top five ones necessarily, but Kings Macclesfield, Sebba, really interested me because Kings Macclesfield have been incredible all year. Um, Sebba was always going to be their toughest test and it was always going to be you know result of the season if they... If they yeah. Um, to kind of victory, but what's what's kind of clear just from looking at the score and from what I've heard is that they threw everything at it and had a good old go um, and came away with plenty to be proud of in defeat, forty six twenty. But but you know, shout out to both sides. They're really similar one in terms of shout out to both sides. Although this one much much tighter. Barnard Castle against Durham on Friday night. Um, with the Dur- Durham School uh, social media account was uh, was messaging me in private on on Friday night, <laughs> talking me talking me through the scores. It was uh, it was an absolute nail biter. They had a massive lead. Barnard Castle did really well to come back, and then it was three points here, three points there for the for final five ten minutes or so, going this way and that, and um, makes things uh, makes things interesting as we as we look ahead because I think next week. I think it's Barnacle. I think this weekend is Barnacle Castle against RGS Newcastle. If I'm not wrong, yeah, it is Barnacle okay. against RGS Newcastle. So that's going to be very so interesting. It's you know, it's all sorts going on there. I go back to that Sebba game again. Is I think you're right. Kingsback deserve a huge shout out for kind of for that there, but also so impressive from Sebba to back up after that. You know that is to use again, an American football team, that would be what you call a trap game. You know, that's, yeah. you've played Wellington College on the windiest night in history on, on the Wednesday <laughs> night. And, and you know, you, you've come out of that 
yeah, you know, you've come at that with the with the result you wanted, but pretty battered and bruised in a game that you know was really collision heavy. Yeah. And then you've got to go away to a strong Kings Mac team who are in a Schools Cup quarter final, who will be more, you know, who would be so amped for a for a oh, scalp. Yeah. You know, it says a lot about that. You know, that will have tested Sedba's depth, and it says a lot about the culture there yeah. at Sedba that. That they're just able to back that up in 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 that way. So oh yeah, massively. Yeah. I'll tell you what. On their depth, we live streamed the second fifteen game as well, and my yeah, goodness me, have said we've got team. some depth. The yeah. uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Finn Finn, someone at number eight for Sebba's second team. If he was at quite literally any other school in the country, he yeah. would be starting at number eight. The issue for, the issue for him at Sebba is that the uh, first choice back row for them is also unbelievable um yeah. but he was yeah, a, uh finn baker maybe no, no, it'll come to me at some point um but let's have a let's have a look through some other some other teams for this top five then the one we well actually why don't we let's go up to scotland because there's a couple of yeah. a couple of games there that we we spoke about um the scottish schools cup semi-finals Edinburgh Academy winning 26-19 at Stuart's Melville and Merkiston Castle, the reigning champions, winning 19-14 at Strathallan. Um, two great results. Both teams now head off to head off to Murrayfield week on Wednesday. Just very, very cool. I mean, any of those schoolboy experiences where you end up playing in the, um, the National Stadium are just awesome. Yeah, and the fact that it's essentially going to be a derby between you yeah. know kind of the the kind of big boarding school around Edinburgh and and, and the big day school. You know, I, I worked with a guy at Blundell's, Ed Saunders, who'd come down for being director of rugby at, at Edinburgh Academy, and you know they were pretty passionate about that that derby game with Murky. So yeah, yeah, well done to those two sides. Tough to lose in a semi for 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 Stuart's Melvin and and and, and sort of bullets look great games and. As you say, like if you get to national cup finals, playing at national stadiums, just the whole thing around it, you know, like for their families, for their friends, for the whole school, just such a great experience. So huge congratulations! And look, we can make a case that that both those sides they've placed in the top five. Um, can can we merge it and make us? I would argue, can we can we make the Scottish schools cup finalists squeeze them together? I mean, yeah, look at what both games as well. Can a top five be a top six? I'm sure it can. Um, um, but both games are really close as well. You know, the what's Edinburgh winning by seven points, so trying it. Murky winning by five, trying yeah. it. Yeah, they, they are close games for rugby, um, which is exactly what you want a semi final to be. Um, yeah, and it's nice that we're seeing more sort of, it feels like we're getting more Scottish schools english schools interaction you know and yeah. i feel like i'm learning more about the scottish game like maybe because obviously we're doing this on taking more of an active interest in it but there's you know that we've talked before about the schools game in the north getting stronger some traditional names really pushing their programs there's more anglo-scottish games emerging up yeah. there and and you know murky with their festival and stuff like that so you know, it looks is. as though the kind of age grade game in Scotland is is in a pretty decent place at the moment, um, which is which is nice. That's always healthy yeah. for, for for any country. So yeah, really, well, really hugely because if if you look at the sort of recent history of the Scotland under twenties in particular, they've they've really struggled. So a, yeah. a healthy school game 
will make a massive difference because you know the the worry that you look at with um the sort of the relative weakness in the last three four years of the under 20 program is that what that means for scottish senior rugby in the future is that they're going to have to look to players that have become scottish and things and mm. um, whereas if you can get that 18s 20s going really nicely through the schools program um suddenly your player pool just expands by by yeah. a massive amount um because you've you've got you've got that many more people being exposed through the pathway yeah um, and, I, and i could be wrong on this so and someone in scotland correct me if i'm wrong but i, I think for a long time that kind of pathway job in terms of hasn't necessarily been full-time yeah. you know whereas obviously there's a much more money put into it in in England and and, and even in Wales actually, and I think they've created a full time position now, a couple of full time positions, which again hopefully sees the program kick on again. Well, you know, if if you want to know anything about the the seriousness with which the the SRU are now taking it, John Fletcher is heading yeah, up Fletcher, things, well, yeah. and pitch side for Sedbury versus Wellington College, Peter Walton in his Scotland yeah. tracksuit. That is a that is a pair of very good appointments. Yeah, yeah, like again, gurus of the of the age grade game, like yeah. both, and so that's and if I think that that's really nice that Walter's got involved as as well and and look. Well, back where, back where he belongs, he's a Scotland international. I don't know what he was doing hanging around with the England setup for so long. He's back <laughs> exactly. in his rightful he's home. A, I think, and by his own. Claims still a reigning Five Nations champion. Is Nisa yeah. Pillar? He's, he's the holder of the Five Nations. Five Nations. Is yeah, that right. Exactly. Um, Ninety nine. So... I've still got the shirt. <laughs> Get a lot of stick when I wear it because it definitely doesn't fit anymore. But you know, <laughs> sure it does, but it sure does. But that no, not so. That's look. It be as you said. They haven't always gone that well in kind of age grade internationals. So be really nice if they could start pushing uh, a bit because you know at the top end, you know. Scotland seem to be going pretty well with some incredibly yeah. talented players and actually some incredibly talented boys you know if you look at the likes of Adam Hastings obviously mm. he stuck with Scotland through age grades but and Cam Redpath you know when he's fit I know he came through the English system but now very much you know, he's Scottish you know when you're Brian Redpath that's a, a 50 yeah, capper so I think you're definitely Scottish uh, so yeah there's there's some good there's some there's kind of a a kind of a pipeline it feels like for a first time in a, in, in a while in, in in Scotland and that's that's a really good place yeah. to be no definitely definitely so what right well, let's finish we need to finish off this top five we do indeed and we so we'll either have well we'll work out what to do with the Scottish schools but let's let's have a little float around and I'm going to pick out a couple of options for you and then I'm going to leave yeah. it I'm going to leave it in your capable hands Pressure. Um, well, you know, we like to do it that way. Keep pressure on. Um, one that we haven't actually didn't discuss, but I think it's worthy of a shout out. Eastbourne College, thirty-one-five against Caterham. Probably expected them to win that, but a shout out more for the fact that they've been absolutely flying this year, going really yeah. well. Eastbourne, so I might give them to you as a, as one of your options. Marlborough College, nineteen seventeen away at Bromsgrove. As you say, trying to keep that momentum going. Tough place to go. Playing very well. Stamford and Oakham, 29 all draw. Oakham, well, Oakham unbeaten this season. That's the closest they've come to being toppled. Stamford, who've kind of gone up and down, but it seems the harder the opposition they play against, the better the they better do. They, they beat Stowe right at the start of the season. They then face Oakham late on in the season and draw against them. Um, so they, 
and then well, a little shout out to Hara as well for just continuing to just blast on. Um, so yeah, there'll be. I'll give you those three to choose between. Yeah, you can have you can have Stanford, you can have Marlborough College, and you can have Eastbourne College. Yeah, okay, well, I'll go for one. Another team I just would shout out who won't make it but close would, would be Eton. Oh yeah. again, yeah. I can't we talk the end. Just quietly having one of their best years for a long, long time again. Probably could have in, a, in, in this year have managed some tougher opposition how that harrow game goes to round off the kind of the block fixtures that's that's a fascinating game um and they'll be you know they will know that you know we've talked about harrow a lot and, and eaton will be that that'll be a really fascinating fixture so right between those three look, i think look, eastbourne are going great and I'm, i think we put them in the top five after the, yeah, after the so. and ollie's you know ollie torrey does a great job down at down at Eastbourne College, a great, a great, great head of rugby. Um, you know, my old place in in, in Caterham and, and stuff like that. And they've they just seem to be struggling. In that they've got a good group. They've got some good young players coming through there. So next couple of years they might get back to their their peak. But probably a result we expected. So I think kind of honourable mention to Eastbourne. Probably between Stamford and and Marlborough for me. Marlborough going up to Bromsgrove is so impressive. Uh, and again, exciting game for them this week. But I think it is just that, again, the fact that Stanford have such a fortress at home and, and that kind of stopping that, not stopping, but kind of putting a bump in the road for Oakham uh, by, you know, I think deserves deserves a place in, in, in the top five. So, I will go Stanford for the for the final for the final place. I like it. I think I would have probably leaned that way as well, which means that our limitless top five school teams of the weekend for week thirteen are Cranley, Haleybury, John Fisher, Stanford, and the Scottish Schools Cup finalists, Merkiston Castle and Edinburgh Academy. <laughs> Not that we're bottlers. That sounds a bit like our Ben and Tom Curry situation, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll take it. Um, let's quickly look ahead to next weekend then. We've already mentioned a couple of the games, Hampton, John Fisher and Marlborough College against Cranley, but there's a few that stand out to me. Um, actually, one of them that really stands out to me, a massive state school game, Sir Thomas Richards against Northampton School for Boys. That's going to be very cool. And both playing on quite, quite a similar level, I think. So I think yeah. that should be an absolute cracker of a game. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, that's, that's again, again, be pretty physical, that game, I reckon, who... I don't know who goes in as favourites there really. Like they've both had they've both had some great results, both had some results we've been like, oh surprised they didn't come out on top. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, yeah. the draw the draw might be top of the card there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one that's really interesting, because they found a little bit of form. It's been a tough old season for them, but they've hit momentum now. Brighton College, three three mm. wins on the bounce, hosting RGS Guildford, who we've spoken about loads of every time they've been met with a challenge of a sort of major scalp. They've taken it on. Here's yeah. another challenge. Go to Brighton yeah. College. Massive, massive team. Um, can RGS Guildford do it? Can Brighton College keep that recent momentum going? I think that's a really cool fixture in, in this year particularly. Yeah, that is in terms of, you know, post, let's say, post that Eastbourne game, kind of Brighton in a really good place, a great win at the weekend for, you know, Nick's galvanised the, the group, clearly. Um and again, can 
can you know Ben Dudley doing a hell of a job uh, at RJ Skill for kind of getting them back kind of in in, in that sort of competing with those top schools and so yeah again it's you know momentum looks like it's with Brighton but as you said Guildford just keep standing up to, to yeah. each of these each of these challenges so yeah really interesting game definitely is another, another couple I'm going to group these two together because of what's to come on Thursday next week which mm. is Epsom College hosting Harrow and Trinity hosting Eton College so obviously both of them will never admit it but they'll have half an eye on Thursday coming up mm. Harrow traveling to Epsom yeah, Epsom not having their best year ever, but that's not an easy place to go. Trinity hosting Eton, who we've already spoken about as having had an awesome season. Trinity cannot really take the foot off the gas in that at all. So they're two really difficult games for our two sort of leading teams at the moment in many ways, who then have that huge fixture against each other on Thursday. That's yeah. makes Saturday intriguing. Yeah, and obviously a massive mistake for me. I thought it was Harrow Eaton and Bolsey. It's not Eaton are playing Trinity. So apologies to everybody for that. That was a huge mistake from me. Um, yes, again, it's that we've talked this before. You know, do you? And it's a you know, we're going to come on and talk about coaching. Do you? Do you say right? We want to build momentum. We're going to go full strength against really tricky opposition. But we want to get you know kind of keep winning's a habit. All that sorts of stuff. Or do you say, right, actually our main focus, you know, is is the cup right now. And so if we need to, we're, we're gonna we're gonna risk this kind of Saturday block fixture. Um what's nice and I hope is, you know, is that they're going ahead and we've seen kind of schools cancel games on you know big Saturdays before in the past, but I think I'm sure Harrow and, and Trinity will 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 honour these fixtures because they're Towards end, I would. I, would I think suspect. it helps that the game is on a Thursday. I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. It just gives you that extra bit of time to. That extra to get ready. Days, I would also imagine you get into all kind of like you know last games for upper six and yeah. and stuff like that. So you know, it means a lot to the opposition. You know, but uh, Marlborough and Anna Eaton. God, that's it's a that's a hard one. How how you manage your group there? Again, Tricky, isn't it? A test of your depth again. Yeah. How how how. How good do you group? You know, what, you know, do you do you have a look at a couple of under sixteens who you think might make the cup squad? Like, is it that time or is it too big a game? It's a it's a big big decision. You know, the half game rule complicates that, as we've talked yeah. about before. So it's yeah, fascinating games, fascinating yeah. games. There, um, there's loads and loads of other really good games that we're running a bit short of time on, and we really want to talk about yeah. coaches. So I'm just going to rifle through. Just a few of the standouts. Bromsgrove hosting Clifton College. Had a Clifton College bounce back. Had a Bromsgrove, Bromsgrove bounce back from that defeat as well. Halebury Berkhamstead. That'll be a very cool game. Um, RGS Newcastle, Barnard Castle, Sedbourne, Mounts and Mary's College, Woodhouse Grove, St. Peter's York. Three quite exciting fixtures up in the north of England. Um, I think Mounts and Mary's travelling to Sedbourne is quite interesting. Mounts and Mary's have performed pretty well, but they're, um, they're sort of unheralded. Uh, Tunbridge against Wellington College I think is really interesting that'll be a big big test for Wellington Tunbridge though slipped up well slipped up is a tough term given that they were playing Radley but they'll, they'll be wanting to bounce back and then a real classic between two of the oldest rugby playing schools in the world 
rugby against Cheltenham College. That'll be an interesting one as well. Um, loads and loads of other games going on all weekend. Obviously, you know, hundreds across the country can't give them all a shout out. Um, but do let us know what happens in them because we want to give you a shout out. If uh, if something cool happens, that's for sure. Last minute tries are always a guaranteed way of getting a <laughs> shout out. Um, but coach of the decade, we're gonna we're gonna get into the, who the coach of the decade is probably next week. But I kind of want to set the scene for what we're looking at when we talk about a great schoolboy coach because it's not the same as being Eddie Jones or Steve Borthwick or someone like that. It's a very, very different job. First of all, you're a teacher. Um, yeah. yeah, so I guess we'll start with, tell me about what's what that looks like in terms of that balance between being a coach and being a teacher and being in a boarding school, being kind of in loco parentis, like all of that stuff going on. Yeah, look, it's, and probably look, this this is just my take and different you know, people listening, different heads of rugby, parents, play, pupils will, will see this really, really different. I think what you said at the start there is is almost the most important, that your metrics, for want of a better word, are so different for, for success. And that's where, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about that kind of, that scoreline metric, because we're focusing a lot on, on top end and it's, and it's called talk about challenge. Mm. But actually... When you're in the middle of it, what you're what you're focusing on is is building good relationships with with your group. Again, as a teacher, you know you have you you understand because you you know you've got your planning load, your marking load, your reporting load, all of that stuff. So you know that the kids have their, their homework load, their coursework load. They're getting ready for exams. You know, particularly at the top end of the school, they're preparing for. IB examinations, A-level examinations, they're doing their UCAS statement. You know, you've yeah. got to empathise with that. Again, we talk, again, these games at the end of the term are, but then the, you know, in assemblies this week, all of those guys will be handed back, you know, you've got to get your UCAS done. You know, you've got to get, you know, that you're causing it. You've got to make sure that all, so they're, they're being bombarded at the moment. You know, this time of year is really, really tough on, and quite often, young people are exhausted at this time yeah. of year, you know? Um, so I think managing that, having some empathy, you know, for, for what's going on, the challenges of being a young person, you mm. know, you know, I think, you know, from, from certainly when I was, you know, it's so different now being a, being a teenager. And so I'm not going to say I, I get it, you know, I, I'm old enough to have grown up without social media and stuff like that, but there's, can you understand all of those different pressures that are happening in their lives? Um, in terms of rugby, I think it's an instrument in that people get, again, if, in my experience, it's not about the, the easy part is coaching the rugby side of it. You know, we, we will talk, you know, let's go back to what we talked with Blackrock. You know, I talked about how well coached that defence was, you know, professionally level coached bit of defence. There are loads and loads of, like, again, there are so many great technical coaches in, mm -hmm. in, in the schoolboy game. People, people know their rugby. That, yeah. That's not the bit where you struggle to get expertise at all. Um, it's about building that culture for me. Like, can you get the guys to buy it? So do you, do you care about the young people you work with? Do you know about them? Do you know about, 
you know what's happening with them in their home life in their academic life where they're applying to uni what they want to do you know are they going to uni if they just want to get an apprenticeship can you be part of that conversation and i would say you know metrics for success and this is a very personal thing again would be you know how many guys are involved in the game at 25 at any level producing professional players age-weight internationals is a result of that individual primarily's hard work as well as the support of their family their club coaches their academy coaches you know that a schoolboy coach does not produce internationals on their own um you know programs create cultures where those sorts of things players like that can flourish and we can talk about that as part of the as part of the bigger piece and then also kind of how invested are people you know do you get do old boy do old boys show up to fixtures you know what's yeah. your do they care are they invested in your because because to me that shows that the rugby program has been a key part of their experience you know yeah. i would always say you wanted we wanted rugby to be the thing that guys look back on with the most fondness that this was they look back and smile and say that was one of the highlights of my time at school. Yeah. And I think if schools are doing that as well as enthusing people about the game, you know, heads are up, then that's what I would say makes great coaches, great schoolboy coaching, as opposed to kind of we've got, you know, yeah, we've said before, you know, I'm a scrum nose, <laughs> like as opposed <laughs> to we've got yeah. the best set beat. Because that's a bit, that's a little bit out of you can, you know, only a small handful of schools would have their head of rugby have any input over what the group looks like. Yeah, yeah the group is the group dealt, no, most of the time. Yeah, you're dealt the hand you're dealt. So then it's about, well, what can I control? What what values can I, what can, can we try and help instill in these? And mm-hmm. and I think, you know, and, 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 and stuff like that, that would be my take. I mean, again, what's, you know, you've been well, around I, the school. I guess you have to view it yeah. as well from the point of view of, of most pupils and most schoolboy rugby players, which is that the rugby is an escape from yep. the rigors of school life. Um, yeah, when when I I wasn't a great uh, a great player by any stretch, um, quite an average one to be honest. Um, but the but I kept playing the game well up until COVID, to be honest. Um, yep. Not very often, but all based but on involved, the back of, yeah. of what had happened at school, where it was. It was an escape. It was, you know, it was a good laugh. I enjoyed hanging out with my mates on a, you know, in training, and then I enjoyed playing games. And you know, obviously, I I loved the game, but the really it was, you know, why keep playing? It was because playing was good. It was an escape. It was a sort of yeah. let's go have a let's go have a laugh and and enjoy ourselves and and all the rest of it. Um, and it's trying to get across to people sometimes that weird juxtaposition of. The entire purpose of doing it is because of the enjoying it, having a laugh, getting to be with your mates and all the rest of it. But then also that juxtaposition of going, but I'm in a foul mood if I lose. (laughs) And trying to to explain to people that both things can be true at once. Um, And we've had that, like we shouldn't, again, I'm not being anti-competition. I'm, you know, we've talked, we're both very competitive people. We, you know, I've never gone into a game you know where i've been part of a coaching preparing a team saying we don't it's not we don't care if we lose but what we care about is 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 the people we care about how you do like if the results yeah, exactly. go against us i'm not gonna be mad because the score line is against us 
I just want you just want the group to do themselves justice and I want yeah. you guys to have the best experience possible. But you know, I'm I'm still competitive and it's still and it still hurts. So it's and that's the yeah, you know, I think, you know, it's and that was why yeah, we'd love to hear um, you know, from from listeners here in terms of, you know, we should be judging schoolboy programmes not on silverware and shirts on a wall and stuff like that, but by legacy creators, you know, has somebody gone into a school and and built a programme? You know, let's look at Again, I to my much to my my fault here. I don't know the name of who's running the Cardinal Newman's program, but there is someone there who is building a program out of something. You know, Wes. You at, I can't remember his surname, but Wes. Yeah. There you go. You know that which is which is great. You know, you look at you know some people have moved on, but you look at I'm trying to think now. You know what what Chris Davies is doing at Gordon. So, so these are kind of like emerging ones, or then. Obviously, yeah, we've talked about it, but then on the other end, you've got people like John Mallett at Millfield and, and Simon Holland at Sedba who've been there, uh, you know, and, and Wilco at, at Wick, have been in position a long time and have got genuine legacies of kind of hundreds of players now scattered through. Genuine legacies and genuine national. development of the way that they do things because yeah. the way that school rugby is coached, the way that school rugby is viewed, the circumstances around injuries in terms of the way that's changed the way that school coaching has to change in their time periods in those schools has shifted massively what a what a week in the life of a school player and a school coach looked like in 2009 is not the same as what it would look like nowadays in almost every aspect and to stay in it for that long and adapt and evolve and and change with those times is difficult because you've yeah. you you know the it's shifted enormously um yeah yeah, yeah we, we talk about school where i'd be being sort of almost professional looking at that top end now which is true but in many other in many aspects it's moved away from that as well in that it is mm. much more about the development of the person and the and the player and, and all the rest of it whereas if you look back to yeah, kind of just over a decade ago, less professional in terms of the how it looks compared to the pro game, but actually in terms of some of the the kind of more hard nosed attitudes, mm. in in a in an odd way, much more professional. Um, yeah. So the 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 shift is enormous. Yeah, and there's some, look, there were some characters in the game a while ago who aren't involved anymore. Who and, and there's been a change of ethos, and, and that's been. And that's been really good, and I think it's been really healthy in school. But I, you know, we we're both passionate about the schoolboy game, you know. So we we believe, and I think we both believe it's in a in a good place, which is why, you know, the work that Next Gen does across the whole piece to to give it a platform, and and why we do this podcast is to again to try and shine a light on it. You know, maybe we can create a coaching team here. There's, I think this has to be one person, you know. So because do send in suggestions because we, we don't you know we, oh, yeah. we, can, we can throw in an attack and a defense and a you know yeah someone someone to put the tunes on in the bus on the way back you know yeah, there, exactly. there's a space for all and kind of you know do you know let us know kind of if you're if you're listening to this as a player or a parent and you know you think you know your director of rugby head of rugby master in charge of rugby the teacher that runs rugby at your school yeah, with someone who's going above and beyond, building a great culture, who's helped, you know, all, you know, you're an old boy and they helped you get that place in uni or they, they've they helped you, you know, when you've 
struggled at work you know are you still in touch with them are, you, are they still part of your life like it's you know it's I think that those sorts of things because yeah. that's what we're interested in it's not you know prepped as well for this game with a video session that meant we got over the line and won like I don't for me that isn't the the, the bit is that kind of that, that that bigger piece around impact you know on 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 young people's lives and so you know we're not going to pretend to know everything about every school head of rugby here so we, we we do need a bit of input from from, from listeners we've we know there are you know we know a decent amount between us you know you've got as you've shown today with uh, your woolly john mcbride i hold a lot of useless information i'm not so sure about the useful of, stuff of, of the schoolboy game and so we'll definitely have you know our thoughts on coming up with it but you know here yeah, we, de- we definitely want to hear um i've got i've actually i've got one more question for you on the on the coach stuff but first i'm going to tell you about my best school coach and worst school yeah. coach I can tell you the name of the best one. I probably won't throw the Yeah, let's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the best one is now an assistant, um, is he an assistant head, deputy head, something like that, at, mm-hmm. uh, at Millfield. Um, Craig Middleton, I actually saw him the other week when I was at, Mil- uh, um, at Millfield. But the reason he is best coach was I, he was my coach as an under 14. Mm-hmm. And I was so small. your first year at Uppingham. Yeah, and I was yeah. small. I'd arrived as a scrum half, um, but I was a scrum half because I was small. I wasn't a scrum yeah. half because that was what I was good at. And he said, I'm going to... So I got told I wasn't going to be playing in the back line. I was going to be moving to the forwards. So I dropped down to the twos, and yeah. he was the coach of the twos. And he started... He moved me into hooker, and I was finding it unbelievably tough. I mean... I, Basically, everything I knew about rugby had just been taken away and I was doing something completely different. And he just, I remember at the end of one training session, he just put his arm around me and he went, you'll play flanker for the for the first 15 in zip form. I was like, okay, fair enough. I buy into it then. And that's the yeah. reason he's the best coach I ever had because that one line just made me buy into whatever we were doing. I, the, you know, I could have easily, if it had been the wrong line, just stopped rugby right there. Because yeah. I, I was in a place where I didn't understand what why I was being shifted around. You know, the people hadn't been able to explain it. I couldn't really get it. Once I got to that sit form, the worst coach I ever had, for basically the same reason. He dropped me for a couple of games and he dropped me with the line, um, I need you to play more like a proper open side. Go away and do that. I went, I don't. No one's ever told me what that is. <laughs> a bit of a, yeah, I, I was I don't like, sit down and talk about what the the why and the what. Of that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't have a problem with. I don't necessarily mind getting dropped. I mean, I'm not happy about it, but I don't necessarily mind getting dropped. But if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me that, you've got to tell me what being a proper open side in your view is, so that I can do yeah. it. Um, but it never came, and I was too young to necessarily know that I needed to ask the question of, oh, mm. okay, well, so what does that mean? You know, I was a, whatever I was, 16 year old kid. I, you know, mm. s- sometimes it's, it's on the adult to, to answer 100%. the question that's not, that's not been asked yet. But it was, it was an interesting thing, but both of those things had nothing re, I mean, they were rugby conversations, but they were all to do with what the conversation was rather than any technical coaching aspect or anything. Um, it was, and I think that's probably reflected for huge amounts of people across the country that actually it's nothing to do with the, 
you know, what's happening on the pitch necessarily. It's about the communication around it and sort of engaging people and getting them to understand. Yeah. And um, one of those guys was a theoretically a top, top coach. And the other one was a under 14 B's coach, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think is what jumped out to me. There was, you know, quality of conversation and clear empathy, you know, in the, look, it's feedback in its way, isn't it? And one was, motivational showed an understanding of you had clearly spotted you know that you were struggling but you engaged with rugby and like didn't want to lose this person there's a huge pastoral element to that and the other comment was lacking in that I know and you know at first team level yeah you'd want some actual technical feedback on you know well okay look we're not going to select you this week because I need you like this is what we want you to bring it's breakdown work it's 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 set piece work it's it's one of those where if you have that conversation with someone in their mid-20s they go okay i see what you mean that'll be that'll be x y z but yeah 16 year old doesn't necessarily know so Um, yeah it's 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 really yeah that's yeah that's okay and i think as you said i think that would be a lot of people you know that they're the things that leave an impact in 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 my view and so it's yeah yeah please do reach out with with people particularly guys who are kind of you know, recently in the, in the time period we're looking at, if you're from you know, that kind of 2012 onwards, I guess, but coaches who have impacted like your experience, you know, we, we want to hear about that. And, you know, these guys work really hard. Um, so, <laughs> and it's, um, so yeah, there's, yeah, there's, let's hear so, and we'll try and put together a team. We're, um, so we're, we're very short on time. So my last question for you on a kind of just about coaching is mm. at, senior level for mm. the first time you've got year groups mixing mm. which must create a very unusual environment in that you have you now have a hierarchy element you now have players who might be better players who are the younger players coming in and and school environment is very different to a professional environment where a younger player if they're better they play if they're better, everyone understands they're better and they may take on that leadership element. But in a school environment, there's more at play than just the team. There's the wider school environment. Yeah. What What's that person's relationship with the older people? Like, What's what's that like to to actually be be the person that's in charge of and trying to meld all that together into going, well, look, he's really good and he's 16. He's going to be your fly half and he's going to lead this or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Look, it's it's very difficult, and I wouldn't have claimed to ever cracked it. It kind of it's quite often about again building most schools now, not certainly any program I've worked with. We've had a leadership group, um, and you've you've probably decided most of that going into the season. And so it's look the the, the players have got to take some ownership of. You quite often talk if boys have had if guys have had a, a poor experience as low as if they felt the upper six were not inclusive. You'd be like, right, well, why were they not inclusive? What what happened? What were the actions that they did? Right, well, let's now make sure we don't do them. So mm-hmm. how can we change that? What can you do away from when I'm there? Because, you know, again, players will generally get it right in front of lead coaches, first 15 coaches. It's as you said, it's what happens away from training, what's being discussed at lunch in boarding houses. That's where some of these things can fester um, and go wrong. And you can get this kind of, hierarchy of well i'm the upper six so i should get more touches and it's all this or whatever or i should start so you've got to try and you know you know pre-season you know whether that's taking the group away 
doing some stuff, getting an external voice in, you know, your leadership group, your captains, um, you know, and I've been fortunate enough to work with some great young people who've really yeah. got people involved. You then need to try and encourage those really, if you've got younger guys who you really think are key to you, it's that difficult balance of, look, we know we need this player, but you also don't want to embarrass them. If you say, look, we need to give the ball to X, like, you know, all right, look, we know that if we get the ball in Angus's hands like 10 times, we're going to score a lot of, we're going to do really well. No, Actually, no, no, that, no one's ever said that, mate. <laughs> but I'm kind of, I'm probably making your life more difficult there. So I'm kind of calling you out in different ways. Whilst I'm giving you positive praise, mm. it's like, oh, look at you, you know, that can end up having a negative um, connotation. So you've got to manage that well. And I think it, for me, it comes back to your relationship with the group. It's small conversations. Again, maybe not addressing the whole group, but having little conversations with senior players about you know, if there's new, how are they settling in, how they're going house, and just kind of helping the small conversations. And then it gets more complex again if you've got an under-16 who's pushing hard. Mm, yeah. You know, how do we, you know, if you're talking about if there's a year 11 who you know for the sake of their own development probably needs to play first team rugby, but then they might supplant uh, an upper six. Well, that's a really hard... Yeah, the dynamic gets difficult. Yeah, like, do you go, actually, this is this is a school environment we should... The experience is valuable. Like, this could be... This upper six lad is, you know, going to take so much from this. As a, Or do you focus on the needs of the individual in terms of, look, this guy we think is really high potential they need to be exposed yeah. that's where cups are useful different games are useful and really good coaches get that balance right and try and keep you look you can never keep everybody happy yeah. but you try and give enough game time to the epic boy and enough game time to the to, to the to the year 11 boy that they, they both feel they've been developed and been valued and i think you can get to a point where you know mo- i'm trying to think like our average in most years, I've coached school teams has been getting close to forty players have been used. You, know, you get through a lot of bodies. Yeah. If if all of those guys can, and I'm not saying I've achieved this, if they can feel valued, yeah, then you've done something right, and that's the that's the but that bit there is really hard. Yeah. And again, hearing from people about how that's been managed well at their school would be a really interesting thing. Well, and I guess it's. I guess one of the more well, I mean, it's, it, it's a it's a difficult thing to manage, no matter what. But I guess it becomes even trickier if you have those younger age group players yeah. who are they play in key leadership positions in the team. Yeah. If you had your eight, nine, ten, say, who were lower sixth players, you're really asking them to run the game for you, and yet that social dynamic within a school environment that suddenly means that you've got regardless of who's where you know who's got the the c next to their name that eight nine ten is always going to in any rugby team manage the way that a team moves around the pitch and they're having to lead those those older players so those small dynamics can be i imagine a huge challenge just yeah, in terms it's, of it's hard and sometimes you can have you know when you get majority lower sixth teams you know, if yeah. you kind of have nine ten eleven lower sixth boys in your first team that can make it difficult how do you manage that how do the upper six who might have been 18 players all the way through who now find themselves in the second team they might be first team players 
as lower six, but now someone's coming. It's there's loads of things that you know, again, they're the bits that are tricky to manage and, and, and getting that right. It's and I think for me, and I think, you know, look, got as much wrong as ever got right in terms of, you know, people went always but it's you know, it's trying to build good relationships with with kind of the player understand, you know, with their kind of you know, their house master when you're in a board environment and their parents so that people know the whole picture, they understand why they're being selected, what you're trying to do, communication and relationships is is yeah. is, is massive to it. And I think would be interesting. I think that will be a theme that will come out with the feedback we get. And I know we've both got our ideas of guys we think of in the last sort of ten years been super impactful in their environment. Yeah. So It'll be a cool one to talk about next week. Certainly will, but we've um, we'll get into it all next week because I've I've taken more more than enough of your time and the listeners' time with my uh, my views <laughs> on everything. So, yeah. um, but do as Dan says, please get in touch on uh, on at NextGen fifteen on on all platforms. We really really want to hear from from other coaches, from parents, from pupils, from past pupils about about. Who, who they want to see um, as the coach of this unbelievable team that we've managed to, yeah. to cobble together. Because um, it's it's a fascinating area. And to be honest, at a schoolboy level, it's the it's the most important area, um, far more than, than who the individuals are. Um, but that's it for today. Um, episode 13 is done and dusted. Uh, you can catch us on Acast, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. Please do download, subscribe, rate review listen all the rest of it it's all uh, it's all good stuff and very helpful and, and we appreciate it um and as i say get in touch on at next gen 15 with your thoughts on coach of the decade and also give us a shout on what happens over the course of the weekend your views on um on top five teams of the weekend because uh, there's loads and loads to get through and uh, and i need to keep giving limitless shout out so we get more and more of that warm clothing <laughs> but cheers for joining me dan good to have you back and, uh, Thanks for having me. Great to be back. Yeah, nice to have you. And we'll catch up again next week. Thank you very much yeah. for listening, everyone. We will catch you next time. Yeah.